Hi, welcome to the Travel Advice Show. Thank you for listening all around the world. And you can listen to all our shows at TravelAdviceShow.com and on iTunes. And if you want to subscribe to the shows, and we put up um, a couple times a month a show. And I'm Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts. And I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How you doing, Jerry? Fantastic, especially today. Wonderful. We're going to do part one of Adventure Travel, which is my favorite by no exception, way of traveling. Uh-huh. That's um, great. I know from talking with friends who are terrified to do some of the things I do, that, um, that they really want to do things. And I think at first we, we're going to call this show Considering Tra- Adventure Travel. Then we'll do part two about doing adventure travel. Okay. That's, and that's, okay. everyone should consider it. I, I call adventure travel doing anything that is outside your comfort zone. Outside your box, yeah. Yeah. Outside your box. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have never left your home state or your home country mm-hmm. or even the city environment, um, let's say in America and you go to you want to go to Paris, that's an adventure if you've never been to Europe mm-hmm. or international travel. That is adventure travel. Because you're terrified, you're anxious, you're you're worried about it, and um, so anywhere you go that or do that uh, is outside your comfort zone or your box uh, is adventure travel. So everyone can do it, and you can do adventure travel even in your own home, city. I mean, I will take a bus once in a while that's about three blocks from my house, which is basically the end of the line, and I will ride it about two hours to the other end of it and just um, to look around yeah and that's adventure travel because I've never seen uh, my city from a bus right before I did I've done it three or four times and the people that get on and off are fascinating oh yeah there are a wide variety of different cultures and Mm -hmm. a lot of them are people you didn't even know existed in your city right Right. And um, so that's an adventure. But um, an adventure travel is ancient. I mean, way before the time of Christ. I mean, people used to go uh, on caravans, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I took a trip for about six weeks from uh, Gulamin, southern Morocco, um, to Timbuktu, as far as I could stand going, and uh, with a camel caravan that was going across the Sahara Desert. Jeez, wow. And I was stunned all the time about how they knew where they were going. There were no roads. Wow. We would go, I don't know how many miles or kilometers, um, I couldn't tell, you just going on this old camel. And um, they would come to an oasis. And I continually asked the man, how did you know this was here? He said, oh, I, we know the way. There are no roads, no signs, no nothing. Jeez. And that you can't say you're looking at the stars. Because if they're one degree off, they'd never they'd miss it, and um, they just know. And so they've been doing this for generate centuries. So and uh, then they started uh, way before Christ in boats, sailing off to far distant lands for goods and um, experience and adventures. Isn't that name Jerry? Is like Grand Tour. It's like a Grand um, Tour sometimes, uh, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. the answer is. It could be. Uh-huh. Usually, Grand Tour 
means um, doing um, something more controlled. Oh, okay. The Eternal Grand Tour started in the 1800s. Oh, okay. Um, and maybe before, uh, actually around the 1700s, something like that, when the rich people of the England. Yeah, they would go to Italy, right? Or something. Yeah, uh, they would go to Italy, for example, or they would go to a couple of countries in Europe, and they might take four months to do this. Well, it took forever to get there anyway. Right. But they might take a long time and stay three or four weeks somewhere, or a month or two months. Yeah, and that's where the term really started. But it is adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the 1600s, oh, yeah. 1800s, traveling was was an adventure. You had to have bodyguards with you, probably. You know. Oh, yeah, they did then. Yeah, but back I then. mean, if you took a train in the 1800s, my heavens, all the sparks are coming out. And the yeah. Junk from the coal they're burning and the wood, whatever. Right. And it could catch your car on fire. Yeah. <laughs> You never knew. The, the, the risks were pretty high back then, the travel, I yeah, bet. Yeah, and so it yeah. was adventure travel. Yeah. But I want to talk to uh, a little bit okay. about um, the adventure travel. Well, I mean, when I go to Paris, for example, I mean, if you just go to Paris and everybody goes to Paris, uh, usually, I mean, do the sewer tour. Right, the sewer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do things that normal people don't do. And uh, you'll find it far more exciting. Like, Take a helicopter over New York City, for example. Uh, just make it a little more exciting to you. But all ages, all ages and genders can do it. I don't mean two-year-olds, but I mean six-year-olds can do this, depending on what it is. And uh, there are several tour companies that specialize in taking um, disabled people. And I was talking to AJ of one of the companies. And he um, does, does this, and he took paraplegics to Machu Picchu. Oh, great. And um, had people carry their wheelchairs. So, I mean, anybody can do it, um, but you need uh, several things in order to do what I would call adventure. Uh, you've got to have a, um, a, a good attitude. Uh, you've got to have a, a sense of humor. Okay, you got to be... Uh, you just oh, oh. have to want to do something different. Yeah, yeah. And in most adventure travel, you have to be in relatively good health. Mm-hmm. You can be on medication. You can have diabetes. And you can even have uh, heart conditions, depending on what you're doing. I mean, uh, one time uh, I did an adventure around the world trip, uh, primarily uh, spending time um, in countries in uh, Central uh, Asia, and if we started out in northern Pakistan, and uh, by car, we went all the way to Mati, uh, Kazakhstan, by car. Different cars, as we got to borders, we changed drivers and guys in cars. Wow. And even in fact, most cases, we had to walk across the border, sometimes up to almost a mile to no man land. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between, and uh, carrying our minimal luggage and um, to meet the other person. And... Uh, that um, the person that went with me, he said, I always wanted to go with you on a trip. Well, he had a heart condition. And we crossed the highest international boarding, border crossing in the world. It's between Pakistan and China. It's over 16,000 feet. And um, he was worried you might have a heart attack or something. And he asked his doctor, he said, well, you'll be doing it by car? Yeah, you should be okay. But the guy wanted to do it anyway. He said, if I died, okay. 
but he made it okay. And <laughs> yeah. uh, just fine and ecstatic. But to make a long story short, you've got to have some decent help because most adventure travel require you to walk. To walk, okay, to hike and walk, yeah. Yeah, or to bicycle or to uh, paddle um, in like white water rafting and kayaking. Yeah. Or um, zip lining. <laughs> uh, you've got to have some help. And um, adventure travel includes an element of risk. I mean, there's a chance you might die mm-hmm. or get injured or get disease like malaria or dysentery. Uh, there is an element of risk. And it, sometimes it's very high risk. Mm-hmm. I've done trips where uh, my friend said, you're not coming back. Just <coughs> leave me there. Just don't waste the money on this, you know, to get the body back. Just leave me there. I'm happier there than I am at my own home. Right. I'm at my home. But, I mean, I'm doing what I love doing, and so leave me there if I die. Yeah. So um, you have to um, uh, know that's going to happen, depending on what you're doing. You also have to understand that most adventure travel at any level requires an interaction with the environment, um, different cultures. With the people, nature. with the animals. Now, yeah, you, you're going to interact. Uh, like if you're hiking, you're going to be with nature mm-hmm. and um, the environment. So you're, you're going to have to like that kind of thing to some degree. Everybody does. And in adventure travel, you can use any mode or type of transportation, any, any kind, a flying, a car, boat, helicopters, anything, walking. But you, in most adventure travel, well, riding the camel across the Sahara. And you have to usually use several kinds, but it does require them. And um, you have to understand that most adventure travel uh, is a little more expensive. It, it ranges from really cheap to really expensive. And um, it, it does require money or special gear, even if you do cheap adventure travel. A lot of times you have to buy a backpack, you have to know what to take, uh, be able to carry like a 40, 50 pound backpack. Um, they, it requires that kind of thing. But you must be um, um, something that um, is going to cost some money. Okay, to get and equipment. And you have to understand that um, it's an activity usually where the outcome is not... Um, uh, known. I mean, you on many of my adventure trips, um, you have a goal, but it can be modified. The word tweaked is not strong enough. It can be aborted. It, like, uh, if you, I haven't had this happen yet, knock on wood, but if you get to climbing Kilimanjaro, for example, and you get altitude sickness at 14,000 feet, you're coming down. Yeah, right away. Yeah. yeah, you won't reach your goal. Or mm-hmm. I was doing one adventure trip and um, uh, in Central Africa, and uh, we got into a country uh, where a revolution started, and they wouldn't let me in the country. Mm. Uh, they just wouldn't let me. I had a visa, everything, but they wouldn't let me in, so I had to leave. I had to return back. So you've got to be re- uh, prepared um, that the outcome may not be um, guaranteed. 
Yeah, I, I got a story for that, Jerry. One time I was skiing in Colorado at Silverton Mountain, and uh, we're – yeah, we're at like 13,000 feet or so, or 12,000 feet. And this guy from Minnesota, like at sea level almost, uh, he was skiing and all of a sudden he just started getting lightheaded, you know, and he's like, I have to, I have to go down, you know. And, uh, so he, he couldn't ski the rest of the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So you just have to be prepared for that, not get depressed, not get discouraged. Yeah, yeah, and just roll with that's it, R- roll with the punches, I guess. That's right. You got, that's why you have to have a great sense of humor and patience. Uh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. just can't take life seriously if, if you do real adventure or more physical like skiing. You just have to realize you could break a leg and that's it for the rest of the day or trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, Or a storm could come up. You don't get ski one inch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of factors with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, all things can happen. You just have to be ready to, to do it. Yeah. And that's one thing I want to talk about. Okay. Is when I said uh, adventure travel ranges from cheap to really expensive. You better have some money with you. Um, I always say, because I've mentioned on other shows, American Express, Visa, and MasterCard. Make sure you have a very good limit and, and there's balance left in it for all kinds of emergencies. Yeah. Right? yeah. And you better take some extra cash. Have cash yeah. with you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, better have it. I always take at least $1,000 with me in denomination ranging mainly from $1 to $20 bills. But you better have extra cash. You may not spend a dime of it, but you better have it because you may need it. Yeah. And I can give you numerous examples I will, uh, where I've needed it. But now I want to talk about the kinds of adventure travel. Um, one of them is specialty. Uh, these are things like um, um, bird watching, photography. Um, I guess you would call it hobbies. Uh-huh. Maybe. Them collecting or cooking. Yeah, right. I mean, I, a lot of people will go all over the world, but we had one of our guests who does cooking tours throughout the world. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, we, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's a specialty adventure travel because you're doing adventure and doing your hobby. And um, then the, the next level I would call is soft adventure. And literally any age uh, can do it, and any almost any physical condition. I guess if you're in a coma, you couldn't. But other than that, you can. And uh, they can occur anywhere in the world, even close to home. Um, but you, will have, you want to experience mild physical activity and exertion. Uh, things that might be that is like glamping, Glamping, yeah, that's real popular right now, it seems like. Yeah, yeah um, and um, upscale camping. Like um, in a yurt, maybe, too? Kind of a yurt? Well, I know you you and your friends do something that I consider totally insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like hiking in uh, on skis, like uh, eight, eight miles to go to a yurt with, with uh, all they have is a fireplace there and stuff. Yeah, a little yurt in the mountains. And you're not, you're forgetting that you're, what, 10,000 feet elevation? Yeah, yeah. And there's 10 feet of snow under you? A friend of mine almost got hypothermia on that trip, yeah. We were up in the Uintas in Utah there, and uh, yeah, that that was a rough trip. That, that was, uh, l- luckily, th- this year we rented snowmobiles to take you in with all our b- backpacks, you know. we all had. The way? 
No, not all the way though. That that was a trouble. That we dropped off the backpack like a, hour, a mile and a half away from the yurt where we were, but that was like six miles on the on the snowmobile though. So. Oh, that that was like at least you weren't you a little bit afraid of maybe avalanche from the noise and stuff. A, a little bit, yeah. Like the area where we're we were like in a valley area, so it wasn't too bad, you know. Uh, so but that's where the avalanche ends. Yeah, I know, I know. So you just got to take that risk, you know. You got to kind of, yeah. you got to do it. And do you? and we rented the snowmobile, and it was snowed like ten inches or like almost a foot uh, the day prior. So the snowmobile was was uh, surfing in the snow too, you know. Like it, it. Uh, we had no trail to get there, so we had to find our own trail to find. I know. And just like that camel caravan I was on. Yeah. How did you find? Yeah. I mean, it still baffles me how they found these little oases and where they were going. I have no clue. So that that it would I would call that a um, more of a soft adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. and it, uh, even going to places like Namibia, Botswana, China, mm-hmm. maybe to a dude ranch, or going to Antarctica. That's uh, soft. Galapagos yeah. Islands. Yeah. Uh, hiking um, um, different trails that are common, uh, such as maybe some of the lower trails in Switzerland or cycling through Tuscany. These are what I call soft adventure. They're not hard. I mean, you have to have physical uh, strength, but they're not dangerous in the strictest sense. Right. And I mean, like snorkeling or hot air ballooning. Sea kayaking, maybe? Uh, No. That's more... Now, maybe canoeing on the Thames River in England. Canoeing, okay, yeah. With, yeah, yeah. Uh, on a lake where there's 8,000 people around. Yeah. Uh, that would be soft so, adventure. Okay. Fell over, uh, you probably wouldn't drown. And then uh, the next level would be medium adventure. Medium, okay. Now, these are generally considered for people that are really quite healthy and a good physical condition. Okay. Because it, they require more physical activity. And mental, too. Mental. Oh, definitely. We're start, now, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mental. Because yeah. at all level of venture travel, depending on who you are and what your experience is, uh, you have to be mentally prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've ever gotten into a canoe and how wobbly that dumb thing is as you're getting in. Oh, yeah. You've got to be prepared that you could tip over and get wet. Yeah. But uh, you have uh, all of this. Uh, some of the, when we get to uh, um, more advanced, you really, months and years in advance, you have to start preparing mentally, physically, everything else. And some, now, medium adventure would be the uh, sea kayaking. Okay, medium. Okay. Be, like in Baja, California, you see the whales. Yeah, yeah. Or ziplining or deep sea fishing. Um, Cannoneering, maybe. Where? Canyoneering, kind of like um, rock climbing. That's more hard, probably. Hard. I would put that in hard. Yeah, yeah. Especially for me. You're scared of heights but, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm terrified of heights. <laughs> me, 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 me too, Jerry. Me too. <laughs> I am too. I, yeah, well, yeah. We, like I mentioned in one of our shows about the Dominican Republic, and I, I knew we were going to do some canyoning. Well, I never, I never called it canyon in my life. It's zip, it's, um, Repelling. Yeah, repelling, yeah, yeah. And it says you're going to do canyoning, and I thought, oh, that sounds fun. I thought we are going to walk through some canyons. Oh, no. Oh, well, no. let me tell you, that's not what, what we did to get to this cliff. And, and you said no. That's did what you was say? going to happen. He was telling us what to do. I thought, I can't do it. 
And yeah. We did it by doing some yoga and fingers in the air. And I actually made it down 100 foot one at about 75 foot one. Oh, you did it? You did I did. I can't believe it. Wow. I actually made it without panicking or screaming or dying or dropping it. Right. I, 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 I panicked in Zion one time in Zion National Park. I, I told the guide I can't do it, and he's like, "You have to." And I'm like, "I no, I can't. I can't do it." And I and we didn't. We had to back out. We had to hike out and uh, well, out of I the canyon. You get a helicopter this minute. Yeah. That's where you take extra money. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and credit card at a high limit. Yeah. Because um, I've never had to do that, but um, <clears throat> because I just say, well. I'm going to do it, and um, I do it. But I know what you mean. There are times. You just. Uh, I've only once have I said no. Oh, okay. But um, it was even the guy said no. That's a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to do it either. It's too dangerous uh, because we've had rock slides. There's been other physical things beyond our control, and it's still kind of unsafe. Yeah, yeah. And I just said no. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but we didn't have to backtrack much. And. Um, there's a whole lot of things. Um, it's a little more um, dangerous in a way than some. Rather than taking just like hiking trails, you might do some of the escorted hikes in like Peru or the Alps or Tibet, something like that. Or you might even want to do a volunteer vacation. Oh, yeah. To a country. Yeah. Go help build a school or something like that, help them plant. A uh, farming or, or something. Yeah. yeah. Or you could go scuba diving and snorkeling in places that you normally wouldn't, like the Turks and Caicos, or the Maldives Islands, or the Great Barrier Reef, or um, like going to a U.S. or Canadian national park in the winter. And right. Everyone does it in the summer, but go in the winter sometime. Uh, uh, or you know, there's millions of these uh, whitewater rafting in category two and three. Um, you know, that, that's not too dangerous, and that, that's exhilarating. I mean, there's, uh, take a bungee jump. Yeah, right. I, I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't do that either. I wouldn't want to do that. Well, I would do it now for a trillion dollars tax-free. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that seriously. Huh. But, you know, in your 20s, you do things that yeah. you wouldn't do in your 50s, 30s, or 70s. Yeah. And I did it one time in New Zealand. One of the most terrifying things. I'm getting to the edge I mean, that's all I could do. Anyway, they basically had to push me off. <laughs> and they literally almost picked me up and threw me over. And uh, I'm glad I did it once, but it will never happen again to the day I die. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just going to uh, weirder places, um, like doing it by car. I told you about going between Pakistan and China, mm-hmm. by car over the border, going through areas uh, that we even had a rock slide blocking the road that being American, uh, a British descent ancestry, I said, this isn't going to stop us. And so we carried our stuff over this avalanche still coming down <laughs> to get to the other side about, I don't know, 100 feet or so. Wow. Um, I, and they said, we can't do it. And I said, I'm not sitting here for three days while they clear this out. And we did it, and everybody's cheering us on both sides. But anyway, uh, there's tons of things that you can do. Uh, even, like, do something kind of dangerous, I mean, like going to uh, Chernobyl, Ukraine. Oh, right. The place that Radiation. Nuclear thing blew up. And yeah. they have tours there. Oh, right. I've heard about that. Yeah. 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 And I went there to see it. Oh, did you really? Oh, my. Yeah. I thought, well, why not? 
And you're not there long enough, I think, to get enough radiation. I'm sure it has to be there for 2,000 years. You're not there long enough to get anything, I think, I hope. So, <laughs> I'll end up getting massive cancer later. Right. But, um, you know, you're not there long enough to do things, you know, pick up the dirt or anything. Yeah. But, I mean, you can do things like even um, uh, putting things, uh, your life at risk, like... Um, uh, not really, but doing Spain's um, uh, Caminito del Rey walking trip, the trail for several weeks and months, and uh, the walkway of death. That they're not too hard. I <laughs> know walkway of death sounds like it is, but the, it's not. The walk. Wh- wh- where is that at? The walkway of death. Um, oh, I'm blank right now. I'm just blank. Uh, oh my heavens! That's right. I've done it. Oh, it's in Spain. It's in Spain? Really? Yeah, it's, in yeah, it's in Spain. I think Spain. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it is in Spain. Sounds pretty cool. It's over yeah. in Europe. Yeah. If I remember right. Oh, yeah, I did it like 30, 40 years ago. Oh, but wow. it, um, they call it walkway of death because you could die. Yeah. But it's not hard. It's just you have, can't be scared of heights and things. And then we're going to go to hard adventure. Now, this is stuff that you got to be in very... Very good. You don't have to work out and be like a you know, muscle builder or anything like that. <clears throat> and you don't have to be a marathon runner or anything like that. But you've got to have uh, excellent uh, health conditions and you know, good physical. And skills, too. You've got to have some skills on some of the activities. Well, not mm-hmm. necessarily skills oh, okay. ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Pl- it, you you got to plan it real well and stuff. Yeah, yeah you, you need, in most, of ca- most cases, you need a guide local guides, uh, yeah. and then they tell you what to do and how to do it. So you just have to be willing to learn. And But you can do these, many of them utilize cars, and um, they usually are in places most people don't go uh, and do, like um, it's walking through the Amazon basin jungles. Um, you can do it for one day or a couple of days where you hike. And I mentioned... Um, no, I won't. That would be another one. Uh, but it's not backpacking, for example, in the like the rural Alaska and Canada, or um, there is like in uh, Turkmenistan. It's called Door to Hill, uh, Dabaz the Crater. It's bizarre. It's bizarre that uh, you go at night. It's not too hard to get to. Um, it's in north sort of north-central Turkmenistan, right by the Uzbekistan border. Oh. And it's a, they were mining, and uh, it turned out as a mess. But anyway, it burns. This has been burning for years, and you go there at night and watch this ground burn. Oh, yeah, we talked about that in our, our, our show. We yeah. did, didn't we, when we did Turkmenistan? Yeah, yeah. And, um, like, caving. And I don't mean just walking through um, a famous cave in America. Like in China, uh, for the, example, like those are caves. The famous caves of the world. Right. I mean, going to the weird caves. Spunking, uh, like kind the of Chevy right. Like the cave in Mexico. Right. It's very hard to get it, but it's hard to do. You must really plan ahead and get permission. Is that called like spunking? Spunking? Or spunking? Uh, yeah. Spunking. It, it, yeah, it's that. But it's, um, <laughs> it's more dangerous. Oh, okay, okay. It's a little more dangerous. It's repelling and stuff like that? Well, it, you, yeah. You, yeah. You, you may have to be lowered down in a rope, by rope. Right. And um, I'm always afraid there'll be a snake down there. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, depending, like in Mexico, they have rattlesnakes and all kinds of things. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, fell in by mistake or crawling by, and uh, get me. But there's all kinds of things you can do, like uh, hill skiing in Alaska and Iceland and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's and, what I uh, want to do. That's on my bucket list there, hill skiing. And, uh, yeah, I've done it twice up in Canada. Oh, that's great. And uh, the Bagboos and uh, Caribous. Oh, wow. And um, there, it's fabulous. Oh, yeah. I it's bet. dangerous. Yeah. Uh, that's why I call it hard adventure. It's not just like going to a ski resort and coming down at all. There's yeah. nobody and no nothing. And then the next level would be extreme adventure. Now, um, uh, probably it's, um, I, I'm going to say 95% of the world's population would love to do it, but can't or won't. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, they just simply, they would love to do it with a passion, but they will never do it. And they extre- uh, they require uh, usually uh, extreme physical uh, condition, and they're awful, extremely dangerous. But then they also include some physically, uh, less physically dangerous. Like um, one thing, I've never done the whole thing, but I've been part of it. It's like uh, kayaking or river rafting on the White Nile. Oh, there are wow. parts that are terrifying beyond description. And I didn't do those parts uh, because, I mean, they're Category 6. Wow, category really? Six. Really? And uh, things, little things like um, searching for tornadoes. Right, yeah. Some people died in the US, United States there recently, I think, with that, like, People that were um, trying to look, you know, investigate a tornado or something. Yeah, well, I was born and raised in the tornado alley in U.S. Oh, right, Texas, right. Oklahoma, Arkansas. Oh yeah, right. In there. And where tornadoes were common. I mean, in <laughs> uh, in Austin, Texas, we lived right between two belts. Uh, you know exactly where they're going to go 99% of the time. We sit on a pool if they're on the uh, east side. And about five miles away, we'd sit by the pool on the cliff where we lived, and we'd watch this tornado going by. Jeez. And we'd go out in the front and watch the tornado going by on the west west belt, uh, the west side that had the tornado belt. You just watch them going by, tearing the whole place up. But we never got one, thank goodness, because we wow. didn't live in the belt. Right in the belt, yeah. 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 But um, And backpacking in the more rural parts, say, for example, Switzerland and Europe, Alaska, Canada, that kind of thing. And um, that's great, Jerry. Well, yeah, I think we, we gave a good overview of all the. I do want to m- mention um, okay. uh, one other one that I call terrifying. Terrifying adventure, okay. Yeah, terrifying. I mean, things like uh, walking across, uh, I think it's 300 feet long um, bridge, uh, the suspension bridge uh-huh. of Der Dachstein in Austria. I mean, it's fantastic, but it's terrifying. Terrifying. It's a two or three Xanax for me. <laughs> right. I'm doing the Via Ferrato uh, suspension bridge in uh, Canada. And um, it is terrifying beyond description. It's a straight down and swinging. And um, there's some other things that are uh, extreme. I mean, extreme uh, that you know, most people cannot do. So uh, that's sort of... Um, the beginning uh, introduction to um, adventure travel, but we're going to go into the more um, 
to contact and that kind of thing. On, on, on part two there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I hope that gets people a little excited. Yeah. Uh, even on a normal vacation, just include something adventurous, something unique, or go someplace that, that you've wanted to go and go, even with yeah. an escorted tour. Okay, kind of, because it's adventure yeah. for you. And right. You need to, once you start, there's no turning turning back. It just gets worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of. Uh, a lot of people probably when they first time do it, and then and then they step up to soft, to medium, and then hard. Yeah, they they kind of take the boundaries. Right. There, but. Yeah. Well, great, Jerry. Well, it's good talking with you, and uh, yeah, and 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 feel free to listen to all our shows at traveladviceshow.com and. Uh, and have a good rest of the day. Sure. Yeah. Thank you.